listener production. Hey, Benzion Siebert here, and this is The Briefing. In the past, Australia's spy agencies have been worried about Islamist terrorists. More recently, they've been focused on white nationalists of the extreme right in Australia. Now, it seems that they're concerned about good old-fashioned Bond villains. That's right, we're talking about spies. Australia's top intelligence agency, ASIO, has revealed that it's blown the cover of a foreign spy group that it's called the A-Team. ASIO boss Mike Burgess used his annual threat assessment for the country last night to warn that the A-Team has been targeting Australian students, academics, law enforcement officials, a former politician, and even a Prime Minister's family members. This politician sold out their country party, former colleagues, to advance the interests of a foreign regime. At one point, the former politician even proposed bringing a Prime Minister's family member into the spy's orbit. Fortunately, that plot did not go ahead, but others did. These foreign spies posed as consultants from fake businesses, and they pretended to be government bureaucrats to try and steal secrets from Australians. Shockingly, Burgess says that former politician betrayed Australia, but he won't name who the former politician is. Just in the past few hours, we might have learnt who the Prime Minister's family member was. Alex Turnbull, former PM Malcolm Turnbull's son, told news.com.au this afternoon he was approached by a Chinese suspected intelligence operative that he immediately rejected the approach and reported it to spy agencies. But he's not sure it's the same person Burgess was referring to. To help us understand all this espionage and intrigue is Joey Watson, an investigative reporter, spy watcher, and host of listener podcast, Secrets We Keep, Nest of Traitors. Hi, Joey. So for those who don't know anything about spying and espionage in Australia, remind us what is ASIO? Okay, so ASIO is Australia's counter-spy agency. They were set up way back in the late 40s, Australia had uh, gotten a tip-off from some US intercepts by the name of the Venona decrypts um, that said mm. that there were a nest of traitors indeed. There were spies within the Australian government and that Australia wasn't doing enough to go after them. So on the gentle encouragement of overseas spy agencies, our allied spy agencies in the West, ASIO was set up by the then Prime Minister Ben Chifley and their founding purpose was to weed out foreign spies who are operating in Australia. So Mike Burgess last night talking about the return of espionage is in some ways a return um, to ASIO's founding purpose. Can you believe that these people are calling themselves the A-team? I mean, you know, grow up. Uh, the, the A-team. Well, I, actually, I think that that's um, Mike Burgess created that term to refer to a team in oh. a foreign intelligence service, which he did not identify. <laughs> but, you know, I think if right. you started to look at, um, you know, look around on the world map and maybe looked at a, a country that started with C and ended in A and isn't Cuba or another one that has a world <laughs> a leader that has been in the news a lot the last couple of years um, somewhere in the mm-hmm. east of uh, east of Europe, yeah, you, would, you would be uh, heading in the right direction. Direction. And Mike Burgess said, you know, the A-team, he said in his speech, it sounds cool, it sounds like an, a, an Avengers kind of term, but it's not. It refers to the Australia team and that this team is a dedicated team within mm-hmm. a hostile intelligence agency that has been 
targeting Australia or was in targeting Australia until late last year, as Mike Burgess enjoyed telling the media last night, uh, was, was disbanded. The operation was wrapped up by ASIO. Okay, so uh, in this season of Secrets We Keep, Nest of Traders, you're in the middle of a mole hunt surrounding the possible infiltration of Russian spies into ASIO itself during the Cold War. So you're deep in this spy world. Does it surprise you that something like this has happened now? Look, in some ways, yes, but in some ways, no, Bensian. As a journalist, I've been obsessed with spy stories. Uh, and I spent a lot of time uh, kind of delving into the Cold War because that's in many ways when spy stories were at the front of culture and became a big deal. It's the era of the original James Bonds and the John le Carre novels and stuff like that. And I mm. kind of grew, grew up on that stuff. But as I was looking into these Cold War spy operations, I started to notice a pattern of failure that uh, many of ASIO's operations during the Cold War didn't really work out. And that's when I heard this theory that ASIO had been targeted by Soviet spies and that they'd even turned at least one ASIO spy to kind of sabotage the agency from the inside. They'd become an agent of Russia, a mole during that period of history. When I endeavoured on this uh, investigation, I thought that this was very much a story uh, about history, something that happened a long Mm -hmm. time ago. And this was like even three or four years ago when I started thinking about this world and thinking about this story. But it's amazing that the ideas at the heart of it, these ideas of espionage, these Cold War concepts that became so familiar to everyone during that period of history are now back on the radar. Mike Burgess's speech last night didn't completely like knock me out because this is something mm-hmm. that he and other sort of figures within the Australian intelligence community have been talking about and warning about for quite some years. Um, there's been a, a lot of talk even from five or six or seven years ago about the threat of China uh, and the threat that China uh, Chinese espionage poses to Australia that has subsided slightly in recent years since the invasion of Ukraine. Russia has come back onto the strategic radar. That has been um, integral to a lot of the conversations that have uh, and the discourse that's been happening in this area. But yes, Mike Burgess's speech last night definitely took it to another level. So controversially, I suppose, Mike Burgess did not reveal who this former politician was who supposedly betrayed Australia. Is it surprising to you that they're being so secretive or is this pretty standard for an intelligence agency? Well, yeah, it was a big step and it would be very unlikely that Mike Burgess would come out and name who they were. I will say that last year, in last year's annual threat assessment, which I also followed closely, Mike Burgess had referred to a, a hive or he, he said it, it was a hive of spies because it had become so big and the operation had become so big and ASIO had, he, he, he kind of advertised that ASIO had also shut that one down. A few days after that threat assessment, even though he did the sort of the same dance around who it was, mm. um, it was actually published in some reporting in the uh, in the Age and the, and, and the Herald, and I think on 60 Minutes um, by the investigative journalist Nick McKenzie, uh, who I know is a, a friend of the briefing, that mm-hmm. um, that it was indeed a Russian, uh, a network of Russian spies. And he even sort of went after and identified some of the Russian spies that had been referred to. I wonder, I'm sure there are a lot of investigative journalists out there today who are hitting that Rolodex like there's uh, no tomorrow. <laughs> and it'll be interesting to see. It's hard to drop something like that without attracting a a lot of attention and a lot of investigation. And I wonder if there's a certain politician out there somewhere in Australia who's uh, sweating a little bit after um, hearing mm. that Mike Burgess revealed that last night. Mm. I was listening in to what Mike Burgess was saying and he was referring to one of these 
members of the A-team and he says, little did he know he was actually speaking with an ASIO officer. The spy was being spied on. The player was being played. Do you think that these people <laughs> like watch a few too many Bond movies, read a few too many spy novels themselves? Look, I've spent so much time looking at the Cold War. I spent a lot of time when I was making Nest of Traders befriending former spies, retired spies from around the country. I don't have nearly the same um, level of information or sources from within ASIO today. But I certainly observed that there was a kind of symbiosis between spy novels and spy <laughs> culture and the spies themselves. It was a sort of chicken or the egg dilemma where I couldn't tell whether spy novelists were writing in trench coats onto their characters because spies were wearing trench coats or spies were reading about spies wearing trench coats and then you know decided they need to go to the men's fashion store and pick themselves up or they wouldn't be taken seriously as a spy. But there were certainly some lines in, in my purchase of speech last night that made me think, yeah, the spy novel is still well and truly alive in the real world of espionage today. I guess the fact is that this stuff is actually really exciting. Like, it's really shocking, I suppose, this whole area. It actually happens. There are actually spies and they're working to undermine Australia's government and its systems. Yes, absolutely. And I, I think that that's what Mike Burgess wanted to emphasize last night. I mean, I can't really, in saying that, I can't really imagine the Director General of ASIO getting up and giving a speech saying, uh, unfortunately, this year there hasn't been any um, threats to national security, so everyone can go home and um, ha- ha- have, a, have a sleep. But look, I, I think he was uh, he was pretty much unequivocal. I mean, an, another thing that he spoke about last night was he, he talked about the task force, which had disrupted an individual working on behalf of a foreign government who wanted to physically harm an Australian-based critic of the regime that they were criticizing. Um, Once again, he didn't identify where that particular dissident had come from. But, you know, that for me is where a lot of this intelligence work really hits home. It's like authoritarian regimes, the sort of spy games that are played between countries have gone on for decades and I imagine that they will continue to go on. But the idea of, um, you know, authoritarian regimes targeting diaspora communities in Australia Australia right now. That's pretty scary stuff. And, uh, you know, I think it was interesting that he mentioned that as well. Um, And just lastly, Joey, you and I are both investigative reporters by trade. Um, Have you been targeted by the A-team because you know all these uh, secrets? And if you haven't, are you just a little bit insulted? (laughs) I'm very insulted. I'm very insulted. Can you believe in all that time... Not a not a single message, but um, you know. Anyway, what 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 can you do about it? What can you do about it? Well, Joey Watson, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks, Fancy, and cheers. That was Joey Watson, spy expert, investigative reporter, and host of Secrets We Keep, Nest of Traitors. You can find it on whatever platform you're listening to me say this on right now. That's all we have time for you today. The briefing team will be back in your feeds again tomorrow morning from six. And if you'd like to keep up with all our latest episodes, just hit follow to get our episodes dropped into your feed daily. And hit us up on Instagram if you've got feedback or story ideas or people you'd like us to speak to on the show, just search The Briefing Podcast. I'm Ben Sion Siebert. Thanks for listening. Listener.